because I don't own enough things that nearly, but not quite, rhyme with bacon. I'm laying down a rule. Every time you quote someone from a different country, you have to do the accent. Perspicacious. 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 I do not want to be associated with any of you. Hello, and welcome to A Walrus Line. My name's Tony. Let me introduce you to Ant. I've got other things to concern myself with. And to Matt. Right, I'm ready to receive you. We're three friends who, on a regular basis, will introduce you to subjects that you'd never even thought about. In this episode, we'll talk to you about misappropriated tools, the snail climber challenge, and when underwear knowledge becomes a dangerous thing. A walrus line is now brought to you with a little help from our friends at Separatech Underwear. Underwear that keeps your intimate areas comfortably separated. So, I have news. Um, you may recall, as if you were going to forget, um, <laughs> I sent you both a little gift, which was um, a few pairs each of Separatech underwear. Yes. Um, so, so um, underwear with two compartments or dual compartment underwear. See, I, 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 straight away, I think we've, we've, we've uh, missed a, a, a fantastic, cle- uh, what would you call it, a, a buzzword? Because you, you call it a dual compartment underwear, but I think it should be rebranded a dual compartment underwear <laughs> with a J, not a D. I get it. <laughs> You're not um, laughing very much, though. No, I get it. It's a play on words. I get it. <laughs> it's, it's a pun. Yes. Yeah. We were a laughing dual, inside. A dual yeah. compartment underwear, because your jewels, your family jewels, go in the compartments but there's two compartments so it's dual compartment underwear for your jewels do you know what Ab? we got it the first time yeah <laughs> all right i'm just trying to embellish so um so you'll remember um how could you forget trying on live on the podcast um your your new underwear and uh, i'm reporting back to our listener uh, what that felt like and we we shamelessly in that episode made out that separate were going to be our new sponsors we um, did, with absolutely no inclination of actually getting the sponsors we just said it for laughs um, well the news is that separate have been in touch and indeed well um, i said do not mention us again. do not want to be associated with any of you and they have very much agreed to be our sponsor. Um, oh, wow. Well, for real? Uh, well, yes, you know this, because the beginning of this episode and the one before <laughs> told oh, the I don't, don't burst the bubble. It's yeah, all you're... <laughs> Tony, Tony, you're letting daylight in upon magic here. Yeah, you're letting them see behind the curtain. So the um, so the, the keen-eared listener will have noticed the in the introduction to the podcast that um, we are now sponsored by Separatech <laughs> Underwear. So, uh, so firstly, thank you very much to Separatech, uh, who have sent us some free samples. Um, we have some medium, Ooh. and we have some large. 
and um and we really should uh, share the experience with um <laughs> with one, one or two of our listeners <laughs> and so we just need to design a way like in the style of a competition in the style of a competition well i, I have an idea let okay. me run this by you when we first spoke about this i, I described it as gentlemen's underwear comfort nirvana mm. um you did um separatec their strap line underwear that keeps your intimate areas comfortably separated Separate underwear for perverts and deviants. Yeah. <laughs> like that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, you could do I, that. I would say underwear for men with big peckers. Because <laughs> <laughs> mine doesn't fit in the top pouch very often. <laughs> so um I th- I think that is us launching this competition. I think um if you would like to win some separate underwear, come up with a slogan, write it on the Facebook page. So that's Facebook a walrus line. And it must be 400 or less words, please. (laughs) And diagrams. Uh, We want diagrams. uh, Shorter, snappier, the better, I would say. (laughs) Uh, But we love a picture. So um, if anybody wants to draw... Draw, draw their dinkle. That's absolutely fine with us. That's what I like short and snappy. That <laughs> describes me down to a T. So yes, please feel free to enter the Separatech giveaway, and uh, and uh, good luck. So um, so I have even more news, which is that we've had a a little bit of feedback. Have we? Right. Because so, uh, we're too close to the microphone. <laughs> So you will uh, no doubt recall that we set a competition in episode four. The IKEA competition. The the very same, yes. We set a competition to win an IKEA Takan. Takan, yes. And we've had two entries so far. Okay. So um, the first entry is from Keith. Oh, hello, Keith. (laughs) I knew Keith wouldn't let us down. Yeah, he does participate. So uh, Keith's entry is, I really want a Takan in my life because I don't own enough things that nearly, but not quite, rhyme with bacon. Right, he's sort of on the way to rhyming with bacon. Bacon. <laughs> We've had another entry today from Russell Hollingsworth. Right. He says, I really need a Takan in my life. Because I think the bristles will be way better at tag nut clearance than paper. <laughs> I agree with him, right? And this is something I've pondered a couple of times. I'm, I'm a big boy. I often have to double flush, or if 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 it, at least once a week I have to get out the coat hanger. So I'm not going to go any <sighs> any further than that. Right? Uh, but I'm, I, I am I am. I, I like to make sure that I clean up after myself so somebody else doesn't have to go and experience the, the bowl of doom after I've vacated. I, I think that's table stakes, clearing up after yourself. Is what? Table stakes. I don't know what a table stake is. I know what a steak knife is. Table stakes. It just means it's, it's, the, it's the entry point. You, know, you, you, you can't be involved unless you're prepared to pay the stake to be on the oh place. i see what you mean. of course yeah you've got to clean oh, like, if, if a man has to do anything it's to clean up his own poo yeah. of that there's no doubt uh, i have i have another update this is the sound of a gauntlet being thrown down right mm-hmm. so we have a community a, a communication from john turner um okay 
John Turner from Australia. And John Turner from Australia says... It's Dave John. Uh, Tony, you have to do it in his accent. I'm laying down a rule. Every time you quote someone from a different country, you have to do the accent. That's easy, because he comes from Croydon. Oh, no, from the country <laughs> they're in. Come on, that, play along. a bit risque? Can you... What if they, they... Uh, there is a rule. <laughs> you, you can do accents of people we haven't oppressed, which is about, <laughs> as English people, which is about four or five different yeah. countries. I feel, Matt, that that's an unfair challenge because I am particularly bad at accents. Because well, that's the, in there lies the interest. Yeah. Because pretty much everything I come out with sounds Welsh, but you, do you want to hear my Australian accent? Yeah. Well, do you remember the other day when I was trying to do um, Canadian and I burst a blood vessel in my brain? It's because you were doing scouse. I couldn't get a Canadian. It, 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 it was like a mental block for me. But anyway, yeah, go do your Australian. G'day, Sheila. <laughs> that's as much as I could do. That's you, that's you just saying, g'day, Sheila, in your own accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um... This is this is absolutely lovely, and thank you very much, John Turner. Um, what he says is, um, "Hey guys, loving the podcast." Hey guys, loving the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> South African now <laughs> makes me a little homesick for the UK. Oh, uh, listening to you, perspicacious, whimsical, and basically silly insights. The what? Well, wait for it. Wait for insights. it. Insights. <laughs> Actually, you know, perspicacious, can you use it in a sentence? Um, well, I can, but I'll come to that. Mm-hmm. Um, because, not going to lie, had to look it up. Um, John Turner admits that he had to use a thesaurus, but then, and this is the sound of the gauntlet being thrown down, is John Turner saying, get Ant to say it in the next episode. <laughs> oh. I said deal. So, Ant, what's the word? The precipitation. No. What, 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 what was the word? What's it mean? It means is to have a, an immediate insight and understanding of whatever the thing it is. So um, I'll spell it for you. It is P-E-R-S-P-I-C-A-C-I-O-U-S. Persipit. I used to like you, John. Perspicacious. Perspicacious, perspicacious, pers, pers, perspicacious, perspicacious, perspicacious. Yeah, yeah. And we have um, we have one other update from today from the Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Walsh gave us the clap. Oh, oh, good stuff. Did he poke us as well, <laughs> <laughs> or is it no longer two thousand and six? Perspicacious, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> Love it. Thank you, John. Miss yeah. you. I have done a little bit of research today, and you'll be pleased to know. But I know how you like a logic problem. It's <laughs> <laughs> what. what do, <laughs> Why do they have to be maths ones, though? Can't we just do, like, fish ones or something? So, there is a snail, and it's a wall-climbing snail. Right. And he's, he, he likes to climb walls, and on this particular day, the challenge is that he must climb a 10-foot wall. Right. And he can climb at a rate of three feet an hour. 
three feet an hour, 10 foot wall. However, after one hour of climbing, mm. when he's three feet up the wall, he gets tired and unfortunately slides back down the wall oh. two feet. Right? Yeah. So his hourly progress is three feet gained and two feet back. Yeah. So a net gain of one hour in the first hour. With me so one far? One foot in one, one foot hour. An hour. What did I say? One hour per hour, you said he's making. Yeah. No wonder I don't get these. <laughs> yeah, exactly. His net gain is one foot per hour. Right. Not one hour per hour, because that would be nonsense. <laughs> well, it's kind of true in a way, isn't it? We all gain an hour per hour. Well, it's going to take him 10 foot to get to the top of the wall. The question is, how long will it take him to get to the top of the wall? Well, I think I need my pen and pad for this one. Yeah, because he's going to, if we just say, oh, it's 10 hours, but you've got to remember, no. he goes yeah. up free. And then down too, so he's going to go over the wall and back down again, isn't he? Well, he ain't going to go over. He's going to stop when he gets to the top. The snail, no, isn't you it? You know what gauche is like. No, that'll be the answer, right? Let me think about it. Right, let me get me pen and a paper. So, how many hours does it take him to get up a ten foot wall at one foot an hour? But that foot. No, an you can't really say. No, one that's foot what I'm, I'm working it out. You're not working it out. Yeah, I'm thinking it out loud. So one foot an hour, but he does free and falls back too. I'm gonna I'm gonna draw the snail. So I reckon it. Hang on, and the wall. Nine. Matt, please share the picture. <laughs> okay, you know I'm a superb artist. Nine. I've still got oh, that Doctor Do little video cassette you bought me once from the pound shop and drew the picture on the front of it in biro for my Christmas present. Yeah. The thing is, Matt, the better the artist you are, the less funny the picture will be. I'm not gonna sell myself cheap, Coke Gocha. <laughs> All right. It's actually not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> can, can we be the judge of that? One Let me hang on. An hour. It's a ten foot wall. You're a ten foot. You wall. are <laughs> ten. So it's one foot an hour on a ten foot wall. So that's ten hours. But he goes up three and back two. Still within an hour. Last. I think this is quite easy, but I'm quite into me drawing now. I think it's the last three feet that are going to tuck us up here because no. he'll get to the ten foot wall. Because you can only have, what's that, three, six, nine. So in three hours, what? In one hour, he does three. Oh. Two hours, he does six. Three I'm hours. finding this quite hard because I've got a, a numpty going on in the ear roll. <laughs> <laughs> right, so let me work it out myself. Oh, no, you get to work it out. What about me? I'm trying to work it out quietly, but uh, let's have a oh, bit that's of great. That's great for a podcast, isn't it? <laughs> right, so hang on. Weasel knickers. Mm. <laughs> so three six <laughs> three six nine so he's still got a third of a foot left this is difficult i'm going to take my ears out while i work it out because <laughs> i literally can't concentrate with old flipping gruffalo carrying on there hang on <laughs> with his warty nose and his purple prickles three six nine so that's that leaves a foot so Oh, I can't can't concentrate without Matthew's interruptions now. <laughs> three, so we could do it in three point three point three three hours, but he doesn't because he's slippery. Does it matter what time of the day it is, if it's night time or not? Um, he's an ambidextrous snail. It's fine. Okay, <laughs> swings both ways, does he? <laughs> 
slips and slides both ways. I don't know. Does it matter that he goes up and falls back down again? Is that a part of it? Yeah, of course. Right. Would you like to see my workings? I'm still trying to work it out without your badgering. Well, you going on. <laughs> right. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's Matt, very... you, that's you... quite... I think that is actually quite a good snail. It is. You know what? Like something from a Roll Dahl book. You are. You are. You actually literally are. Don't need to be personal. So, is Matt, it... what, what you must do is take a smartphone picture of that and send okay. it. And we'll, uh, we'll post it on the, uh, on the page to go out with the episode. Because that is a, a work of art. Have you worked it out, and No, I haven't bollocks. No, I don't. I've given up. Okay, so you ready for the answer? Please. So it's all about hour seven, because as you know, gaining three feet and losing two means that you gain one foot per hour. Yes. However, after seven hours, you've gained seven feet. But at the beginning of the next hour, you're three foot climb over the next one hour taking you to eight hours means you're at the top of the wall that's yes. what i said right at the beginning <laughs> not quite as well as that that's what i was thinking excellent so yeah i've got eight hours so matt you've uh, you've won thank you what do i win you win a picture of a snail climbing the wall, <laughs> which i have to do myself <laughs> brilliant When I left school, my first job was working for Dixon's. Um, mm. So this is a professional electrical retailer. Yeah, because yeah, we are going to have a few listeners that don't know what Dixon's was or Rumbelows or, or well, Tandy's. Yeah, so um, so if you're not sure what Dixon's is, um, uh, think Curry's. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which is... When I say think curries, I don't mean like chicken tikka masala. I mean think curries, the um, the electrical retailer. Who um, so curries and Dixon's merged. But anyway, back in the eighties, my first job working for Dixon selling tellies. So a professional electrical retailer. So you would think had an abundance of tools to do things like wiring plugs. Can I just can I just interject something? Hmm. You're a very handy man, Tony. Hmm. We have seen the work you did on the bonnet of your eighty thousand pound fancy car. Uh, hundred twenty thousand. I looked it Sorry. up. Sorry, hundred twenty thousand pound beautiful motor car, and you had the right tools for that. But you've just said you needed—I can't remember the exact word—a plethora of tools to change a plug. Now, that's not true, is it? You need a wire stripper and a screwdriver. Exactly. And you would think that the aforementioned electrical retailer would have for its staff available things like wire strippers and screwdrivers. Definitely. <laughs> the amount of times I had to go to the kitchen and no. get, a, get a standard knife and fork knife out of the drawer and end up <laughs> wiring a plug in front of a customer no. <laughs> using, <laughs> using a knife and fork knife to, to, to wire a plug. A knife and fork knife? Yeah, I'm, as opposed to any other kind of knife. Fork and knife. Not your switchblade. <laughs> no. So, um, That's terrible. Isn't it? So um, another misappropriated tool from my childhood. Um, my, um, my father, who um, I know you've had the 
pleasure of meeting. And I and, have, uh, and I loved your dad. You know, I did. Yeah, absolutely. I've worked with him as well. <laughs> in <laughs> fact, I got told off by you once because we all worked in the same small office, and I'm a I'm a friendly kind of guy, and I was becoming friends with your dad and started talking about masturbation, and you were the manager, and all I heard from the manager's office was, Aaron, that's my dad! <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, 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 miss him, I miss him dearly, I, I genuinely do. Um, mm-hmm. But that doesn't change the fact that he was the laziest person I've ever met in my life. Um, and if you think back to the 1970s, it was uncommon for you to have a remote control for your TV. Mm-hmm. Um, what you were more than likely to have would be a, a kind of push-button arrangement. Yeah. So you had like BBC One, BBC Two, ITV One, ITV Two. This is no. Of- ITV Two? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? No, there, there was no ITV Two. There wasn't even Channel Four. But the tellies were made in Oh, I see what you mean. The button said ITV Two. Did it? Yeah. the channel. Bloody yeah, middle exactly. class again. Yeah. So, so when you wanted to choose, well, in fact, prior to 1982-ish, um, there was only um, three channels available, which was BBC yeah. One, BBC Two, ITV. Yeah. Um, and so they weren't the, even on all day long. So the first, the first three buttons out of the eight were the only ones that mattered. Um, but as I say, most TVs didn't have a remote control. Yeah. So my uh, my dad, bless him appropriated a snooker queue and he would sit within a snooker queue's length of the tv and slide the snooker queue in and out of his toes no. <laughs> to be able to poke the channel change button that okay <laughs> i could kind of see where that was going and I, one of my questions was going to be how, how did he steady it because those buttons weren't they were probably <laughs> about the same diameter as the tip of a snooker queue yeah but i think my big question is what was he like at snooker? <laughs> and and, and uh, did he use a, a succession of remote controls taped together to use a, as a snooker cue? <laughs> and and did he did he chalk it? <laughs> did he have to wear a little waistcoat when he watched television? <laughs> well, a big waistcoat. I have met you, Dad. Uh, bless him. Bless him. <laughs> wow. So I do like the fact that he used his toes as a as a rest uh, as a rest. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than what my dad did was. And change the channel. I can remember when uh, my my uncle, R.I.P., when he first got a video player at my nan and granddad's. This was the early 80s. And he got uh, the remote controller, but it was one you had to plug in to the actual <laughs> the video. With a wire on it. Yeah, wire. Little wire. I thought, <laughs> absolutely fantastic. I thought, amazing. you know, I really thought it was the most, yeah, the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. Back in the day, you basically, you didn't have to buy a television. You could rent. A television and it was a couple of quid a week or whatever and i remember the red effusion yeah it was rumbelows or rumbelows red effusion red effusion what was the other one or radio rental that's the one i was thinking of and you could you could you could rent fridges tellies radios all sorts of things i remember when we upgraded from uh, a black and white to a color one and it that's about a, that's about 2003 wasn't it <laughs> yeah like i said you know we, we don't come from lavish backgrounds <laughs> but i do remember i was so impressed like i thought it was genius because the television actually had a plastic 
like holster on the side of it you dropped the remote control into when you weren't using it. <laughs> How bad is that? And I remember watching Live Aid on it and standing in the garden trying to impress my next door neighbour because I could turn the volume up from the garden back door. <laughs> we got our first colour telly in 1973. Bloody hell. The year I was born. Yeah. And uh, obviously black and white until then. But the, the reason why we got a colour telly in our house, and bearing in mind I'm four, five years old at the time, um, the reason why we got a colour telly was because my mum wanted, for the first time ever, to see White Christmas at Christmas in colour. Right. As a five-year-old, I was completely confused because I thought, White Christmas, well, white, black and white, white. <laughs> why do you need colour to watch White Christmas? Well, I thought I thought White Christmas was a black and white film. I was thinking that as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it made in about 1932 or something? I, I wanted to see Harold Lloyd in colour. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Laurel and Hardy in glorious Technicolor. I have an example which is fond in my memory because um, a very good friend of mine who visually is not so far away from me used to work for a company that turned turned smutty into saucy. Um, (laughs) Uh If I can can put it that way. But my my good friend who who is um, far away but within eyesight (laughs) (laughs) had a habit of bringing home products of the uh, retailer. And one of the things he brought home was a, a, a double-ended device for two women, which... Um, All men. We, we were broad church on a walrus line. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Anton McCoolan's wife appropriated this tool for a different purpose altogether. Can you, can you remember it, Ant? I'm really trying hard. Um, they, were very, they were very hazy days. Um... <laughs> um um, I, I'm embarrassed to say you're going to have to tell me what my wife did with a double-ended dildo. <laughs> I, only friends could have this conversation. <laughs> did she use it as like a rolling pin or something? Exactly that, yes. Did she, oh, it was her rolling pin. Um, when I was a kid, we were like single parent family, you know, all that sort of thing. We just never had any tools in the house, right? Just my mum and me and my brother. And I don't know why, because my days are days before Poundland and all that. You forget in the 70s and 80s, you didn't have Poundland, you didn't have uh, Ikea, you didn't have um, Primark. You know, things were a bit harder to come by like that. But we never, we, and I remember we used to have to use the saucepans, the aforementioned green ones with the metal bits that used to make me sick when the fork scraped on them. Were they a wedding present? They were. And uh, we used to have to use them to bang nails in with or anything like that. So they all had little kind of perfectly round dents in the bottom <laughs> of them, you know. Just because you had to use what you had, really. So um, in my, um, so what I've decided to do is um, as often as possible is to walk to work. So my, my, uh, my round trip walking to work is seven miles. So I think... If I can do that two, three, four times a week, that's probably pretty good. That's a nice. That's good. It's very good. Mm. However, this morning, I was um, probably less than half a mile away from the office, and I walked past this particular house. And this particular house 
had a particular person that was particularly taking their bins out this morning. Now, there's, there's a, a few levels to this story. Level number one is this guy was wearing a T-shirt and underpants, taking his rubbish out to the bin on a public road. Matthew, have you got any idea where this is going? Um, I'm thinking a, a loose testicle. Okay, uh, you're right. Sorry. Or terrible when he turned around, terrible skid marks up the back of his pants. <laughs> so, um, so said man comes out of, of his house with a um, with a carrier bag size bag of rubbish to put in his wheelie bin, and um, really, <laughs> he he really did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so the first level to this story is. Oh my God, there is a bloke in his underpants and a t-shirt coming out of the house onto a public road to put stuff in his wheelie bin. That's all right. No, I'm not happy with that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not accepting that as standard behaviour. I think there's something wrong with that. Really? Yeah. Okay. okay. We might have to However, the rules when you come to my house. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, level two to this story is that I, I have become, over the last three months of my life, somewhat of an underpant aficionado well there's no denying it um that there is nobody i've met that's done more research into men's comfort underwear than me over the you last would, when i worked at ann summers you'd have been bright, great in the buying department mm. for crotch so, knickers and stuff like that <laughs> carry on so as a as a I'm going to call myself a self-styled expert on men's underwear, bearing in mind the journey we've all taken together over the last three months. Um, so what does the underwear expert do when somebody comes out of their house in their underwear to put something in their bin? What does he do? Keep eye contact. No, he makes, he makes a mental note of the, the pant, the age of the pant, the fit, the style, the comfort level. I, I, th I think he comes out with his Separatech tagline that we've been using on the podcast, just subliminally as he walks past, not looking at the guy. Just oh, saying. I thought you meant like he went and advertised it to the man. Yeah, no, I think he, he, he tried to, like with a Jedi mind trick or something, but sorry, carry on. Um, well, Matt, I think you're closest to the truth. To say I studied this man's underpants would be an understatement. How did um, that make you feel as a human uh, being? Well, I'll come to that. Um, okay. The style of pant he was wearing was tight lycra, not dissimilar to a Separatech. Well, like a short. A short, yeah. A, a sport a, short. A sport short. Oh, a, a skin tight. A, a skin tight, um, man-hugging sport short in lycra. Mm. Um, in a kind of um, teal and grey arrangement. Wow, you really think look... <laughs> Well, but, but this is because I've spent a long time over the last few months studying men's underwear. However, I have, for the first time today, unwittingly studied men's underwear on a man who's yeah. emptying his bin. Now, the reason why I was so drawn, I was trying to work out. I, th I thought, that looks a bit like a Separatech. And, and what I needed was I had, a, I had a rear view as he went towards the bin. Oh. He deposited the bag in the bin. He turned round. And then, obviously, that's the presentation. Was he hang on, hang on. He let me just work, well, to the house. Yeah, let me just work out the logistics. <laughs> if he came out of his front door to go to his bin, 
Why did? Why was you seeing his rear end as he was going to the bin, unless you were in his house at the time? <laughs> or was he moonwalking? Oh, or, or you sort of nipped in his house while his back was turned? Go through his yeah. underwear drawer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I feel I've been somewhat remiss in the um, in the explanation of the geography of the said situation. So <laughs> think of this as a very small front garden, yeah. um, maybe enough to park a car in kind of sideways, that kind mm. of size front garden. Um, I'm walking along the street towards his house. He's come out of his house. So he's ahead of me to my left. Uh, he's walked the less than three meters to the end of his drive he's walked around his car towards the bin at that point he's walking oh. away from me right so I'm, get, I'm getting the rear it's all in the detail time <laughs> yeah i'm thinking is that set protect is that not it, it's that kind of, of of feel well sorry look um he's deposited his bag in the bin he's turned around to walk back towards his house which would be towards me to go around his car could you if you uh, both held your hands out could you have touched at this point no at this point i'm about eight to nine meters away oh yeah that's that's okay that's well had you point. stopped put your hands on your hips and was just appraising the situation <laughs> with your phone in no I was, <laughs> yeah just no, like, I was more... like frowning sort of looking at the situation <laughs> no it's more subtle than that um, <laughs> i'm thinking was... about what you're going to write to the mp of croydon but I, I was at this point staring at this stranger's dinkle. Okay. Um, I was staring at the at the at the front department of the underwear once he's made the turn, um, and I'm honestly in my mind trying to work out: are they separatex oh, or are they no. some inferior product? That's what I was thinking. Um, now, at that point, I've realised oh, I'm face to face with a man staring at his genitalia inside a tightly clad uh, pant short. Um, so at that point, I now need to look up and look at his face. Oh, no. But that, that, that moment from going from the crutch to the eye line, for me, lasted about three days in <laughs> terms of mortification. It wasn't mad, I'm was thinking, it? I'm thinking, <laughs> I've just been staring at this man's cock. I'm now going to look at his face. I'm not gay. Does he think I'm gay? Does he think I fancy him? Um, so the look he must have seen on my face when I caught eye contact was mortification, confusion, embarrassment. So your look, next face. <laughs> the look I saw on his face was absolute pride. <laughs> <laughs> been listening to a walrus line and thank you very much thank you to ant don't understand and thank you to matt tony you're subverting us and also thank you to ian valander graphic design for his help with our logo you can find ian at ianv.co.uk if you've got any comments or things that you'd like us to discuss then you can contact us at facebook a walrus line or Twitter, at a walrus line. And also, don't forget to enter our competition to win an IKEA Takan by posting to our Facebook page, I really need a Takan in my life because. So, if you've enjoyed it, 
please do tell your friends. If you haven't, why are you still listening? Thank you.